for example, you're a mom. Did you uh, uh, get a cradle board, or was it a little bit too challenging to actually get the materials for that nowadays? Um, I did. I did want one, you know, for my son. But like you said, the the resources are hard to find, and um, not everybody, you know, makes them nowadays. Um, yeah. They're a little bit harder to find nowadays. But, you know, back in the day, you know, everybody used them, you know, they were. You're listening to Coco Banda. Since time immemorial, Cocopa mothers have carried their infant children around on cradle boards. And joining us to talk about cradle boards is Cocopa Museum curator Ulysses Heredia, Cocopa Cultural Resources Manager Justin Brunden, and Amanda Twist, Cocopa Mom. How are you today? Good. Doing very good, yeah. And Justin, let's start with you. Let's talk about the cradle board, what, it, what the origins of this are, and you have one in the museum collection as well, Ulysses. Yeah, so uh, why, why don't we uh, start off with what, the, what we have in the collection here. Yeah, uh, so all of this comes together uh, creating the cradle board and we have the mesquite uh, cradle board. Uh, this was done in the 1980s by May Nelson. Um, we also have the hood part with uh, also mesquite components and the cloth covering along with beadwork. Um, same from the same time period. Uh, the third one would be this uh, braided yarn bindings. And the bindings were done by Patricia Stephen Davis Escalante. Same time period during the 1980s as well. And so Amanda, what are your recollections, your memories of the cradle board growing up? Um, well, I, I had one, of course. It was made by my, um, my grandpa's sister. May Nelson. Um, of course, they were made by a family member. It was best made by a family member. Um, not they're not around today as as much as they were in the past. Yeah, no, I I, I get that because like uh, you know my my mother she had a cradle board as well when she was a little girl, but me I didn't I didn't get one. Um, you know, living away from the reservation, but even on the reservation, it's hard to get the resources and take the time to dig out a mesquite root and everything. So I know that's something that's changed because like, uh, for example, you're a mom. Did you uh, uh, get a cradle board or was it a little bit too challenging to actually get the materials for that nowadays? Um, I did I did want one, you know, for my son, but like you said, the the resources are hard to find and um, not everybody, you know, makes them nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're a little bit harder to find nowadays. Mm -hmm. But you know, back in the day, you know, everybody used them. You know, they were they were made for the you know prior to when the baby was born. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And when you look at this cradle board, Amanda, what what comes to mind when you see this? It's colorful. And it, my understanding is it also serves the purpose of protecting the child from the sun. Yes, um, some of them, not all of them are like, it varies from tribe to tribe, but 
this one here has a like a, a hoop, you know, was to block the sun out. Um, and mainly they were just a decorated, you know, uh, the joy for bringing a baby, you know, you wanted it to look nice, you wanted it to have beads, you wanted it to look pretty, you know, look pretty rich with the materials, so. And what is the approximate age range for the children that, wh at what point are they too old to be in the cradle board, I guess is my question. Uh, I believe when they begin to walk. When they begin to walk. Because uh, I believe that was a, a saying back in the day, you know, you put a, the infant in there and as soon as you leave, what they would do was they would leave the baby in there, uh, you know, all the time. And when they took the baby out, the baby would be able to crawl and walk. And Justin, you know, given your experience as cultural resources manager, a lot of craftsmanship, a lot of time went into crafting, not just building, but actually crafting the cradle board. Tell us a little bit about the craftsmanship behind this. So the craftsmanship for this goes back thousands of years. This is something that is a tradition that has changed through time as materials have changed. And what we're looking at here, of course, is this is a, a somewhat contemporary, you know, 1980s. There are still families that make these types of cradle boards to this day. And this is made out of mesquite root. And you can see that it's got a very consistent diameter to it. It's been bent along this really, really sharp curve, which you have to do by getting it nice and hot with water and slowly bending it. Same kind of technique used for shinny sticks. Um, but again, you're using that mesquite root because it's very flexible. Mesquite wood from the tree, that's very brittle. It'll break a lot easier. This is very, very strong. And so in order to get this, you have to have a mesquite tree that is big enough and old enough that you can actually get these, these uh, roots. And the roots, once you find one that's the right age and size, they go for 15, 20 feet, the exact same diameter. It's incredible to see this when you dig it out. And uh, it's a really, really strong, robust material. And these have to be crafted to the child. So, uh, you know, when you're expecting and uh, your family, they're going to know what their children typically look like, you know. And that's why each family has a little bit different way of doing it. Um, and that's, that's a part of that construction. Now, historically, the mesquite root has always been the same. Um, that's, that's something that goes back a long time. But when you look at, like, the bedding, bedding would have originally been made out of a couple different things, depending on the family and depending on the time of the year. Um, but the bedding would have been made out of willow bark. Um, willow bark, of course, used for skirts, but it's also really good to weave into a mattress. Um, willow bark also could be used for these little headrests. So you can see it kind of looks like a donut. And what it does is it supports the back of the baby's head and keeps it nice and secure. Um, you could make this out of willow bark. You could make this out of yucca fiber. Um, the bedding itself, even in the old days, you see some uh, references to the trade where uh, when we had very extensive trade networks that went down to central Mexico and we were trading with the Aztecs, we were trading with the Hopis, we were trading with the, uh, uh, the, the uh, up in uh, Northern California, um, the Hopis w were masters of growing cotton. And so we would actually trade for cotton blankets um, for them as well. And they'd be just plain black and white, not the crazy kind of tourist patterns I guess you see nowadays, but um, that was something that would be part of those trade networks. Another thing that's really changed through time as well is there are reports from a very, very long time ago that Cocopas used to put a piece of wood right here, right on top of where the baby's head was, and they would press down ever so slightly 
and that would create a bigger forehead because big foreheads were considered very beautiful. And uh, so that was something that happened up until about the 1700s. And about 1800s, that was no longer fashionable and kind of disappeared. So we only know about that through uh, the writings of people that uh, encountered and interviewed people back in like the 1700s. Um, and of course, fabric, so soft. <laughs> it's a lot softer than uh, the, the willow bark. Willow bark can be a little bit scratchy. So of course, with babies, you want to be as soft as possible. And uh, just, uh, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Same kind of techniques for making the shade. The shade would have originally been made out of uh, willow, uh, or sorry, uh, um, willow or uh, mesquite roots, and uh, stripped into these little tiny strips and woven into baskets, just like this one. This one incorporates textiles, but originally, again, it would have just been yucca fiber and the uh, the wood fibers um, decorated with paints, uh, like the red ochre paint. You can replace red ochre with this nice, beautiful red fabric and it protects you from the sun even better. I mean, you gotta protect your baby's eyes. We all know babies sometimes, they don't know what's best for them and they'll just stare straight at the sun, so you gotta protect them from that. Mm -hmm. And that's a part of it. And of course, the beadwork is something um, Kokopaz have long been known for. Uh, but before we had glass beads, one of the other things that was commonly put onto these uh, cradle boards is uh, egret feathers. So those white egret, uh, white crane feathers um, those were put on there as, as kind of a good look for the baby and something for the, to show beauty for the baby, like you mentioned. And right here we're seeing the, the cradle board uh, deconstructed, uh, but uh, there's photographs that will be posted through Facebook uh, with the cradle board uh, all together. Also, when the museum uh, opens again, we have an example of the cradle board, uh, just the, the mesquite root uh, part uh, in the pre-colonization diorama as uh, in a way uh, represented as being built. And there's also um, another example in the doll uh, section uh, with a doll uh, kind of representing the, the baby. And Amanda, you get the last word on this after hearing about the history and getting to look at this, this cradle board that's in the museum collection. What would you want people to know looking forward? Um, I would want them, you know, to, if, you know, you can, you know, look for the resources and, you know, it, you can try to make, you know, get the resource, gather the resources and make some for your baby because not a lot of these are around today as they were before and we're kind of losing our way a little. So I would say, you know, just. If we can, you know, it's 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 a it's a beautiful. It looks beautiful, you know. It swaddles your baby. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot more comforting, you know. It's and yeah. CocoaPod Now is available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and all major platforms. CocoaPod Now video podcasts are available exclusively on our YouTube channel. Just look up CocoaPod Now.